and welcome to episode number 37 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry. We have three more of those minds with us this week. The return of Eric Ramsey to the podcast, Brett Colson, and Dustin Gauker is here with us, guys. We are on iTunes, we are on Stitcher, we are on Spotify. We really appreciate the five-star reviews in anything that you want to Tell us about this podcast, good, bad, or otherwise. We appreciate you listening and giving us the feedback in there as well, helping us climb those charts. We will definitely get into some Super Bowl stuff here on this podcast. Of course, we'll start with our quick hits and talk about some different things there. And at the end of the podcast, I sit down, well, it didn't sit down. I got on the phone with the director of race and sports over at vice president of race and sports over at MGM properties, Jay rude. And we talk about everything that's going on in their world. So be sure and stick around for that as well, but let's get things started here. Fellas sports betting bill roundup. We have some things that are going on. Eric, let's talk about some of these bills that have been introduced. Uh, yeah, how much you want to just spend the whole hour running through these bills? <laughs> We've got a bunch of them. I have the the unenviable task of updating our tracker on Legal Sports Report every morning, and pretty much every day I've had bills to put in there. I think uh, I think we're up to forty two bills in eighteen states so far this year, which is almost uh, as many as we had all of last year. There, pretty much, you name a state, we have a bill there. Um, a lot of the familiar candidates from last year. We have Michigan and New York and Maryland in there. Rhode Island's looking to get their sports betting industry online with a new bill. Um, we have, of course, D.C. has legal sports betting. There's still a couple things to sort out there. We also I wrote about two new ones today, one in Arizona and one in Hawaii, of all places. Hawaii is a state that has no forms of legal gambling at all, but they're now introducing a sports betting bill. Uh, theirs would be similar to the lotto model in Delaware and Rhode Island. Even they, though they don't have a lottery, they would create a new uh, agency to sort of oversee a state-regulated industry. The one in Arizona would be uh, through the tribal casinos. There's 24 tribal casinos, uh, reasonable tax rate there. That one might include things like bars and airport lounges and restaurants. So, I mean, really all sorts of implementations and, and visions for what sports betting might look like all over the map. You'll find them in our in our LSR tracker. That is a very good plug right there, and I'm glad that you were able to get that in on this podcast and let everybody know about that wonderful tool, so head over to LSR and be sure and take advantage of that. Now, Dustin, I saw on the Twitter machine that you weighed in on the Hawaii bill. I think you said you would take max bets on this bill not passing. Uh, yeah, Hawaii, as Eric said, has zero gambling. So don't sign me up for the first thing they do is legalizing sports betting. Um, what, what what was it that we said about California? Like a, a an earthquake would have to swallow up uh, yeah. San Diego or something for for the sports betting. It's similar to that. Like uh, I don't wish ill upon anybody in Hawaii, but a, like a volcano would have to erupt and. It cover all of the islands, and then maybe, then maybe sports betting would happen. I'll tell you though, there's something interesting. You guys should be rooting for Hawaii if you're in the market for a job. None of you should be in the market for a job, but that that commission they want to create in Hawaii is going to be staffed by folks that are not necessarily from Hawaii. So they may have essentially a gaming commission uh, staffed by out of state uh, staffers, which you know maybe maybe you guys might be a candidate for some of those. I'm, I'm quitting. I'm quitting immediately and taking that job. <laughs> yeah. If, if if anything comes down the pike and they need uh, a guy that can host a podcast or something like that over there. That, yeah. yeah. But by all means, reach out. Uh, Brett, I, uh, is, if we're talking about Hawaii, you and I, when it comes to, to betting in Hawaii, all that is is uh, chasing the uh, last game that comes on the college football slate over there. <laughs> like That's basically how we know of Hawaii and, and betting. 
Yeah, I I've given up on staying up for Hawaii football games. Back in <laughs> back in my back in my younger years, I used to stay up and watch the Hawaii football games because they actually uh, do have a pretty fun offense to follow. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, what what are the popular bets? Like, what do people in Hawaii bet on? Besides, uh, yeah, I Rainbows? don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I guess they have. I don't really know what the 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 NFL team would be there. I guess maybe you could just pick whatever team you wanted to root for because you don't really have any sort of team that's even close really to to you interesting if you are from hawaii uh hit us up on the twitter machine and let us know like who do people root for in professional sports out there i'm actually very curious about they looked bet on the pro bowl maybe i guess i don't know yeah well <laughs> they moved that out that of there yeah they moved that out of there now so they don't even yeah. have the pro bowl in there because everybody's yeah. like everyone got too rich it used to be where the pro bowl was in hawaii and everyone's like oh awesome a free trip to hawaii yeah. but now these athletes are so rich that they're like yeah i'm not going over there i go over there like five times a year as it is anyway like I, i'm not i'm not going over there for for to play an exhibition football game so they had to move it out of there this we have to put going. it on the. We have to put it on the moon in 2022 to get the players to, to yeah. start showing up. Yeah, Sports serious. betting legal on the moon. I, I don't know about that. I don't know what I don't know what international law says. About also, that. hey, special shout out to Virginia here. We don't talk about Virginia too much. They now have seven sports betting bills on file this year, which is not. I think we've talked about before. Not really a great sign when you see all these competing bills. But how about that ambition? Seven bills already in Virginia. I saw a lawmaker on the Twitter machine today come out and said, "I don't know about you guys, but I'm really talk. I'm really sick of talking about sports betting." So. <laughs> so, yeah. so I guess that might be why, right? I mean, he's having to read through these seven different bills and trying to figure out which one he wants to veto harder or something like that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty interesting. So tell us about D.C., though. There's some more stuff going on in the District of Columbia. Uh, yeah, we so we do have a bill that was signed in December that was passed by the, the council in December. The governor has just signed that bill this week. Uh, so we are on mayor, mayor. So, sorry. Lord. <laughs> yeah, that, thank you. Thank you. The mayor, Muriel Bowser, who seems like a lovely lady, has uh, signed this bill. So we're on the path to sports betting there. Like I said earlier, there's a couple of logistics to sort out. We're. They want to do this single, uh, this intra lot single vendor lottery system that is causing some contention in the council. So they're going to have a public hearing on this next week. Uh, and the result of that, we'll know sort of what the mobile landscape will look like in, in DC. And Dustin, what about New York? I know we bring this up every single week on the pod, but I mean, there's a lot of people that live in New York. It's a really important state. So let's just get the, the quick what's going on there. Yeah, we had actually two stories already today about New York. Uh, one was uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo did not put any sports betting revenue in the budget. Um, so we're wondering what's up with that after he said he wanted that to happen. And then we have a meeting next week of the New York State Gaming Commission where they're going to looks like they're going to propose and perhaps adopt uh, sports betting regulations uh, for the state that could, so that you could have it at the four commercial casinos, no online, retail only, but uh, really really good sign that sports betting could be coming maybe as soon as the spring in New York. Well, this is, yeah, I mean, listen, it's got to start somewhere, right? I mean, of course, we want it to be statewide where people can just sign up for an app and things like that. But, I mean, you know, it's, as long as we can get some form of something going, then hopefully then we can move on to, uh, I, mean, yeah. we're, we're, I mean, we're still sitting in some of these, uh, you know, I mean, we're still sitting to uh, some around with some of these states and we'll get to one right here that, you know, we, we knew that there was a, the ability to at least have mobile, even though it is only on site or something, but, uh, you know, we a lot of these states that we've been kind of sitting around waiting on and, and trying to get this whole mobile thing going. And at the end of the day, I mean, once that gets going, that's when the state actually gets going. I understand that we're we're taking yeah. sports bets in some of these states and things like that. But I mean, we've seen these numbers and we understand like once the mobile actually gets going, that's when I actually consider a state up and running. 
Although I, I, I get people all from uh, New York City on my Twitter who are like, who cares? These are, those are upstate casinos. I'm, like, I'm never going there. So people are people in the, the New York City area, like Brett, who's also far away from all of those things, are, are kind of underwhelmed by the prospect of just retail sports books at those uh, at those casinos. But we'll send uh, we'll send the jet to get Brett down to these casinos and he can write us reviews and, and, and whatnot. I'm within driving distance. I'll run you guys bets to the to the window at uh, at Del Lago for you. No problem. There you go. There you go, Brett. You can you can bet by proxy through Mr. Ramsey. <laughs> yeah, don't don't cost me a trip on the jet. <laughs> <laughs> Save that one for when you're going overseas. I understand. I understand. Um, yeah. So speaking of one of those states that has had legalized betting but has not had any sort of mobile betting. Uh, that would be Mississippi. And Dustin, one of the reasons was for that, that we, you know, one of the reasons we've talked about Mississippi ad nauseum about this was the fact that it is actually not statewide within Mississippi. You actually have to be on property to get the app up and going there. But it looks like we will, if you are in Mississippi and you live within driving distance of one of these casinos and maybe you don't want to have to walk up to the window, you will have the opportunity here shortly. Yeah, uh, Pearl River Resort, which is the only tribal casino uh, in the states. Uh, obviously, a lot of commercial casinos. There, they have said they're going to launch the first sports betting app. Uh, like I said, you have to be physically on site at the resort. That's part of the gaming law in Mississippi. The way they rolled out sports betting is that it has to take all on property, but that doesn't mean you can't bet uh, on if on an app if you're on the property. And we uh, luckily we have the technology to to actually geolocate people to say that they are on property as opposed to not. So. Uh, trial, trial run for this, you know, any potentially any casino, uh, in Mississippi could, could go with this model if they so choose. And, you know, we see the lines at sports books, uh, some places, especially in Pennsylvania, like just even having an app on a property, uh, might be a, a pretty good thing just to help, uh, like draw down lines and uh, get people betting a little more. Yeah. I mean, no, I, and really, and truly this is going to be such a huge thing if this were to get up and going by March madness. And this is one of the things that happens <laughs> even here in Vegas. I mean, obviously there are gigantic sports books here in Vegas with tons of people at the window and there are still lines just you know dozens and dozens of people uh-huh. long and because there's just so many games going on so many bets to be made so many different things going on so like having that app up and running is just is so so huge in order to keep the churn going for these sports books and so uh, if they have this thing up and going by March Madness I think that is so so huge and one of the other things you might kind of scoff at the fact well you got to be on property you got whatever well one of the other things it brings to the table is in-game betting as well in-game wagering and so that is another thing that that being able to have an app up and going that yeah I mean you might want to go and just in Enjoy the game inside the the sports book at one of these places, and uh, use the you know betting game while you're going on in, in that. And we've seen obviously the popularity of in game increase over the the time that we've been watching it, and we understand that it is incredibly popular overseas. And I can I imagine with the offerings that we're seeing from these uh, sports books continue to grow, <laughs> that we're only going to see that continue to grow as well. So I mean that's one of the things here with these apps on the properties in Mississippi that I, I know it seems like it's not a big deal, but actually it, it increases betting opportunity more than you think. It also, yeah, I sort yeah, of, I totally I, agree. Like, yeah, yeah I was just going to say, I see it as a, a, a stepping stone, maybe a gateway to statewide mobile too. It's it, by itself. It's not that big, but as a proof of concept for how mobile betting works and that it's reliable and the information you can get from it. Maybe if regulators are watching this, both in Mississippi and some other states like Delaware that's timid about mobile, you see one of these on-site mobile operators run out a product that works, maybe that's a good proof of concept for regulators. 
Hint, hint, Mississippi, if you're listening. <laughs> Mr. Mississippi, if you're listening to this. Uh, hint, hint. Yeah, let's just go roll that out. There's some weird gaming laws in Mississippi as well that I that, that came to light as well. The, every county doesn't have legalized gaming, so there's only certain counties within the state that actually has it, which was another one of the reasons I think that people were kind of uh, all weird about that, especially lawmakers. But again, the, the technology exists where you can geolocate someone within, uh, you know, a couple of feet of where they're standing and stuff. I mean, you anyone that's ever driven across the border with one of these New Jersey apps and driven into Pennsylvania, uh, making that trek down to the Pennsylvania to, to the Philadelphia airport knows that it's like you get within a couple of feet of that border and that app shuts down instantly. So, I mean, these things are these things are working really, really well. And, and Dustin, I mean, you were you were certainly following all the geolocation stuff, you know, the la- over the last several years because there were it was a little spotty, I think, at first. But I think now that you've kind of, you know, looked more into this and had a couple of years to evaluate. I mean, I think these things are are pretty, pretty locked in. The technology is really dialed in. Like uh, it was, that was pretty dialed in at the early days of New Jersey on the casino. But you know, the company that's doing most of this, Geocomply, you can you can watch a little map that shows where people are, and like they get turned off or pinged when they when they cross the border. So you know, it's people might say, oh, how can you do that for just a property? It's not really the technology is no different. You just got to set up the you know the the fence correctly, and the technology the technology works. There's no doubt about that. Uh, there's nobody, and DFS companies have been using this now for going on three years so it's like this this technology works and uh this is a, a good test case to kind of highlight that it's available same thing in dc there's going to be uh uh they're going to be doing doing that for even for arenas uh for for sports betting and technically where you can only bet on certain apps in the arenas that, that technology exists and can, and can work and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see it in practice all right, Brett, let's get to this real quick. And, you know, this will be the part where my, my tone goes down. My soul has crushed. <laughs> my heart has been ripped out. Uh, the, my beloved New Orleans Saints lost in the NF, NFC Championship game in completely heartbreaking fashion because unlike last year where it actually happened on the field and it was, you know, the players that were involved in a play that – did not go the Saints way. This was a play that you have certainly read about. You have certainly seen. So we will just give you a brief synopsis. But, Brad, in case someone lives under a rock, tell everyone about the Saints. Yeah, the refs completely butchered a call at the end of the Saints-Rams-NFC Championship game last Sunday that you can certainly argue cost the Saints a trip to the Super Bowl. Probably the most egregious missed call in a championship game ever, uh, especially considering the magnitude of that moment in the fourth quarter with so much at stake. And people have lost their minds over this call. Fans, betters, even the NFL office. um, A lot of reaction to this one. So, Eric, one of the things that um, happened because of this was one of the betting companies out there decided that they were going to kind of refund bets because of the, you know, the quote unquote bad beat there because of the way that things went down with the Saints here. I commend the thought and I think and this is weird that, you know, coming from a a better here, I bet a ton, but. I commend the thought, but I almost feel like that this is kind of a bad precedent to set whenever you start like giving these refunds for, uh, you know, no reason really. Why? Why? Tell me, explain to me why you think it's bad before I respond. Yeah. Well, my thought here is, is you're almost uh, setting an expectation for, especially like when we're in a, 
time where we're getting a ton of new people exposed to betting. We're getting new bettors involved. We're getting people who don't really understand a lot of things. I mean, there's an educational curve certainly going on, you know, right now with everything that is, that is happening in the sports betting world and stuff. I mean, there are people who don't know the difference between a money line and a point spread and, and things like that. And I believe that when we they start seeing all these things about refunds for for when bets go against them and things, I don't know. I just, to me, yeah. it's, that's kind of an unfair expectation. Like down completely the line. Agree. Completely yeah, agree. I, I understand. I also, the first thought that comes to my mind is it sort of implicitly undermines the perception of integrity in these sports. If you're saying that, you know, basically, basically what they're saying is betters received an invalid result on their tickets in short. And so there's a little issue with that. I, I don't have a problem with that being that the leagues are not involved in sports betting. There's no financial ties between operators and leagues. So that, doesn't really, uh, you know, bother me. No, I don't have a huge problem with it. If sportsbooks want to give money back to betters, um, let's do it. So, Brett, you know, I hate to go back to our our bartender friend that we sat with in New Jersey. We were over there a couple of weeks ago, but don't, doesn't it seem like if he were to get a refund in one of the bets that he made, that he seems like the type of guy that would almost be expecting other refunds in the future? Like, I just sitting and talking to him with like as little knowledge as he had about things that were going on. Didn't wasn't that like the almost like the perfect case study for someone who would be like, well, what you gave me the money back for the last time this happened? How come I don't get money back this time? Exactly right. I agree. This this sets a bad precedent. And I understand why points bet did it, uh, and they could certainly get away with it right now because their exposure was small to this game, and it's it's a great PR opportunity for them. But as volume grows, and these these refunds just aren't going to exist later down the road people are, are going to be left wondering where their refund is when something else goes awry so yeah I'm, I'm with you there dustin of course one of the things that has made a bunch of mainstream news because of the way that this was handled one about the the you know the the nfl took forever to i mean of course the referee said he didn't see the play all the things that happened so now we've got lawsuits that are happening out there and like even again i being a saints fan i still think this is completely absurd but we actually have people who have filed lawsuits because of this. Yeah, there's a basically a Saints uh, fan lawsuit saying a, a class action uh, brought by. Uh, I, I don't know the gentleman, but you know we've. You could probably say he's an ambulance chaser. He's he's going. He's a personal injury attorney, so that gives you that. But he's uh, he filed a lawsuit uh, with saying as an indirect result of the said incidents, plaintiffs herein have been left bereft and with no faith in the National Football League for fairness, despite the league's own rules to correct such errors, along with the emotional anguish, monetary loss for ticket holders who purchase tickets with the presumption of integrity and fairness. It sounds like a very sad story. This lawsuit is bunk. It, no, nobody should be suing the NFL for it. I'm about as mad as anyone, I think, even this side of, of Saints fans about all of how all this is going down. I mean, the, the, the you know the how integrity in plays in this and i think it's i think it's it's absolutely egregious error from the nfl who you know espouses integrity as, as central to its game and, and but this this lawsuit is is just kind of ridiculous and uh you know even you who a bereft saints fan i don't think would would would, would join this lawsuit yeah no i mean it's it's completely ridiculous and at some point I, you know, I think that we will probably see some ridiculousness come down from lawsuits that actually because now this is just <coughs> this, we should point out that this lawsuit doesn't have anything to do with a betting angle. But I think what we will see in the future is we will see these ridiculous lawsuits pop up because of the betting angle. And then things are just going to get completely 
out of hand here. I mean, I understand there's going to be attorneys who take these stupid ass cases and things like that. But I mean, come on, guys, this is this is so, so dumb. And it it, it, it makes you look it makes everybody hey, look. There's not the greatest perception of people from Louisiana in the first place. And so this just this, this kind of like almost backs up some of those stereotypes here. So maybe like pump the brakes down there, guys, like just a little, you know, just a little. Absolutely. Yes, they should pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, what I what I take away from this is, you know, the NFL in the early days of, of legal and regulated sports betting has been, you know, standing, uh, you know, in front of Congress or or any, anywhere else that people listen to and say we can't we sports betting has to be done the way we say it because of quote unquote the integrity of the game. And you know what this 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 is actually a case where what happened in the NFL game infected the integrity of the betting. Like the people, people's bets were affected because people missed this call. It's like, uh, so I, I mean, you, we can, uh, there's obviously variants. You can't guarantee that a ref's going to make every call in any game. But, you know, my argument is that if you're going to be saying, we know what's best for the integrity of the game, maybe the integrity of your underlying game should be, be tackled first before you worry about how sports betting impacts it. This was, this was like Brett said, this was the most egregious missed call in a big spot in an NFL game that I can remember. It was, and there's just, no, there's no excuse for it. So I, 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 when I hear the NFL later in 2019 telling me they're the ones who need to protect the integrity of their game, I say, clean up your, your freaking officiating first before you tell us how to do sports betting. Yeah, can you can you imagine the optics if betters found out that the NFL had a cut of sports betting in a state? Yeah, I like, already this saw. Is, this is my argument too. Like, and I, I think there's an NFL uh, tweet that I shared and said, read the replies to this and think, so tell me if you think uh, the NFL should be getting, you know, directly involved in sports betting in, in terms of either revenue or how it goes down or has a say in how it's regulated. Like, people already think these ga- their games are rigged. That something happened. Uh, I don't think even Matt believes that it was rigged. He thinks I'm sure he thinks it's just a bad call at a really bad spot. But that's the that's the impression. People already think all sports are rigged to do because of the league or because of betting outcomes or all sorts. Like this is not an uncommon thing. You you throw in the the, the Molotov cocktail of hey NFL is getting money from sports betting uh, in New Jersey or any state where they say you get a, a royalty or integrity fee. Like that just makes it a zillion times worse. And people don't seem to believe me, but I think but I think it's a real problem. Yeah, and I mean, you already had the. There's all like you said. There's always going to be the conspiracy theorist anyway, and so now you just add fuel to the fire with all of that. I mean, there's already people who are saying, "Oh, shocker that we had a you know that the two markets are Boston and L.A. You know, the blah blah blah, and all this stuff. They didn't want New Orleans and Kansas City and and, and things like that. I mean, there's, there's like so many different ways that this could go south, and so I'm pretty glad that we're kind of all on the same page when it comes to to how this should be but yeah, we've said it time and time again i mean this just it we've seen and i think it's come to light so many times in this nfl season and i, I know dustin you put pointed out i've pointed out on twitter i think everyone else has is just any time something like this comes about i really like pointing out why this is just a case example of why these people should be well no part of this whatsoever i mean yeah this one was just had the most eyeballs on it but this happened a dozen different times throughout the course of the NFL season this year where there was some sort of blatant blown missed this that the other whatever happens time uh, the official time clock guy wasn't working the time exactly right I mean there's just all kinds of different ways where this could be scrutinized and nitpicked like up and down sideways back and forth and I just can't imagine if you're the NFL you're already making so 
much money. You are, I mean, just an unbelievable, ungodly amount of money. Why you would want to bring this headache into the fold? Yeah, I mean, let's be fair here. The NFL has actually not asked for an integrity fear for a royalty, yeah. but it's, it's asked for uh, a lot of stuff that it wants in, in sports betting regulation. It uh, obviously ideally at the federal level, it'll take what it can get at the state level, but this is more of a, again, a problem for the NBA and MLB and PGA tour, which have all again asked for this, this cut of, of sports betting money. Um, look, leagues deserve a few, few seat at the table. They are a part of the sports betting, uh, you know, uh, environment no matter what they what have they should say, they should have some kind of say they should be included in discussions there it affects the integrity of their games but to be like the arbiters of okay we wrote this law you should do exactly what we say and you should uh, oh by the way you should give us a cut of the money too like that i i totally agree you should be i would want nothing to do with it i don't i i don't think they're prepared for the the shit storm that's coming if if they get what they want yeah no absolutely and um, Brad, I think there might be a story coming at the lines in the coming days where maybe we one of the NFL insiders might have actually kind of opened the door to a little bit of what the NFL is thinking with with everything. Um, I, I we've we found a little bit of a couple of nuggets here that I don't think has really been publicized that is uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, nice little tease there. We are trying to get a hold of somebody at the AAF, the I think it's the Alliance of American Football. That league starts a couple weeks after the Super Bowl, and it sounds like, according to, is it Jason Lacanfora? Yes, it's from CBS. Yeah, it sounds like the NFL will be keeping a very close eye on what the AAF is doing as far as their uh, wearable technology and and how they're approaching gambling uh, to to kind of take what they're doing and, and sort of apply it to. Uh, how the NFL wants to approach gambling moving forward. So uh, definitely look out for a story coming at the lines uh, probably early next week. Yeah, it looks like that they are going to be trying out some interesting new tech in this AAF. Uh, sensors in the balls, various way, lasers, various camera angles, all kinds of things like new ways to... Uh, track yardage and whatever so i guess they're going to kind of use this as a as their playground for uh, what might actually be introduced into the nfl in the future so pretty interesting stuff with that and there was apparently uh, that comes with gambling in mind with that all right so the big story here we are let we are about a week away week and a couple of days from the big game super bowl 53 super bowl 2019 um brett you and I were monitoring very, very closely. We were going back and forth on Slack. We were going back and forth on Twitter, trying to keep everybody updated. There was a line that was put out that was immediately destroyed as soon as it was put out. And we've seen a pretty rapid and very quick movement in this Super Bowl line. Yeah, I had all of the apps open uh, the minute that the Patriots clinched the victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. And for all of three minutes... The Rams were favored by a point over New England. Uh, Camby quickly moved it to New England minus one. So that was the line at DraftKings, 888 in Sugar House, New Jersey. Then FanDuel followed a few minutes later, moving it to minus one. And then everyone moved it to minus five a few minutes later. And then FanDuel, I think, was the first New Jersey that I saw that moved it to two and a half before they dropped it back down to one and a half. So, I mean, it was a busy half hour for the books uh, in New Jersey, in Vegas, everywhere before things started to settle down as betters were frantically locking in numbers that they knew they would not be able to get closer to game time. Uh, and 
we're, we'll really start to see more line movement. I think it's settled for now. We'll start to see a little more line movement uh, 48 hours before kickoff when the public starts coming in with their bets and then sharps maneuver around that action. Uh, but it was uh, really fascinating to see uh, what the books were doing uh, really like right after New England won on Sunday. Yeah, and especially I'm, I'm, so close to a key number. And I'm not, I'm, and I'm not some expert, but I, I guess I was surprised to see the Rams open uh, as favorites. Oh no, yeah. I was, I was super surprised. I mean, I thought for sure that the books would. I, I don't know. Maybe they thought it was the Sean McVay shiny new toy type situation that was going on, but I thought for sure they would foresee just the flood of money coming in on the Patriots, but it didn't, it just didn't look that way. I mean, there were some books who kind of held out. I know the MGM books went ahead and just opened it in, on, on the Patriots uh, minus one. They didn't even mess around at all with it being a pick or the Rams. And there was a couple of others that held out the stations casinos here in Vegas opened. I think it's a pick. They didn't go the, the way of the Rams, but uh, Eric, I, I, I could not, I don't know. Was, was it a shock to is a big a shock to you as it was to, to us? Yeah, it's weird. I'm, I mean, as I've said before, nobody would call me a sharp better, but that line seems off by about three points to me. I, I don't know. I'm not sure where you guys think it might end up, but it seems like it's about where it might end up to me. Two or two and a half seems 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 right. Yeah, we have a an awesome another chance for a free plug. Here, here you but, go. Uh, yeah, uh, we have an awesome YouTube channel for Play Picks, one of our uh, sites in the family here. So be sure and check that site out. Brett and I did a video where we went back and forth on, on all the kind of the opening lines and the movements and things that were going on there. We kind of debated on that video whether we thought that this was going to get to three or not. And I thought it would. Brett did not think it would. And apparently the answer is, is it will, but it will not stay there. There have been a couple of books that have hit three with it, and it's lasted less than 20, 25 minutes each time that it's gotten up there. So basically... I think these books are just going to use the the three to to get Rams money when they need it, so that they can kind of st- continue to keep this a little more balanced. But it doesn't look like three is going to be the number that sticks anyway, Brad. I man, I I don't know. I, I certainly didn't think it would hit three this week. I thought if it was going to hit three, it would come closer to kickoff. But um, just seeing all this action coming on the Patriots, I does this does this thing have a chance of like closing at three and a half? Is that? I was saying. I was, saying, I was <laughs> going to say. I don't think there's any way it gets the hook, but I don't, I don't yeah. think. So. Yeah, I don't think so either. But man, that would be wild. Well, what but are you're still seeing? I, I think maybe Jay Cornegay tweeted this morning, or uh, that. I mean, they're still getting like eighty percent of the tickets on on the Patriots, even at yeah. two or two and a half. So it's got some room. Yeah, I think one of the things they'll do uh, to help kind of balance things out is just like take money line uh, money. So they might get to a point where they just instead of moving it to instead of moving it to three. And leaving it there and certainly not never putting a hook on it. They would just make the money line on the Rams a little more enticing to draw the money that way. And then uh, and then that would kind of help balance out the books as well. I, I can't see this thing getting to, to three and a half and I don't see it sticking at three. I just see them kind of like popping it up to three intermittently when they need to take, you know, yeah. six figures here and there on on the Rams or something like that. I think that's what we've seen so far. And I think that's kind of how they'll probably manipulate this thing. Uh, moving forward, because one of the things that we have traditionally seen in the Super Bowl is because there's so many novice betters that, that bet anyway, just because it's the Super Bowl and everybody wants to win plus money. Right. Like people don't like to late people don't like to bet more money than they're going to win back. And so the dog money line has always just been an incredibly super popular bet. And so 
I think the reason you see them hanging out right now and the reason they're hanging out and not really worried about it is I think that they're pretty cognizant of the fact that the dog money line money is still is still yet to come in by the people who haven't made their way to Vegas or Biloxi or, you know, Atlantic City yet. Just my two cents there. I think you're probably probably going to see the total move before kickoff, too. We I don't think we talked about the total, but it is way up there. And uh, I think most of the early money's on the under. But, yeah, you know, but like like we talk about often, people like to bet the over. So we'll see how that shakes out in the next week or so. Yeah. Tons and tons of prop bets as well. Uh, One of the big, big things here in Vegas. People love to go get that big, giant booklet of props. Uh, There's over, you know, most of these books will put out between three and 400 different prop bets that you can bet on. A lot of that's happening online as well. You can go to DraftKings and FanDuel and BetStars and all of those places over there in New Jersey, and you can take a look at, at what they have going on. Before you do that, of course, head over to the lines and use our special links and everything so you can get the very best offers out there. But uh, do that, and you can take a look. But, man, yeah, the, there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of props. I'm actually pretty interested to see once next week rolls around. And I don't know, Dustin, maybe you've got some maybe you've got some inside info on this or whatever, but uh, do, have you heard of any just completely wacky stuff any of these kind of upstarts are going to be doing over there? No, I, don't, I haven't heard anything too wacky. I think it's all going to drop next week. I mean, people are obviously – this is the single biggest game to bet on in the United States, obviously, already before the league, before it was legal outside of Nevada. So everybody in New Jersey certainly is going to be trying to acquire customers uh, with, with, with attractive offers. Uh, you know, I, though on the prop side, I don't know what people will do because, you know, with, well, this is one of my pet peeves, but people love to talk about all, the, all these weird props on the anthem. That's not, not something that's ever really been done in Nevada. It's all the offshore that's doing it. And I don't think, you know, it, it's nice to say that maybe we'll do it, in the, but do it in the U.S., but I think people are going to stay away from that because it's not, re, it's not tied to game results. Like, you know, if you have some inside information on, on like how, like, I don't know the, what the gear is on the sideline, or I think I think these are things that people are going to stay away from. We're going to stay, we're going to stick with kind of traditional bets. But who knows? People could prove me wrong. And it's funny, it's uh, funny you mentioned are, that. Those are the two things I noticed are missing. I just thumbed through the DraftKings and FanDuel books uh, before we before we recorded here, and there are infinity props, but you won't find Gatorade color or national anthem length on there unless I missed them. Those are uh, coin toss, also not on uh, FanDuel, I think, which is interesting. But yeah, some of these the the more obscure props were still. Staying away from in in regulated markets yeah and a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's not like a a definitive result right i mean when when do you start the clock on when they start singing the national anthem and when do you stop the clock and like you know and everything like that could just completely alter what that is and then the same thing with the gatorade like is that is that that green yeah exactly yeah Yeah. is that that green or is that yellow or is that lime green or is that whatever yeah and so just anything that's not like completely definitive they they tend to stay well. I mean, certainly in Nevada, they just regulated that they can't do, and I imagine it's probably the same over there in New Jersey. Not as familiar with the laws, but of course, we will have tons and tons of prop content at the lines at Play Picks on the YouTube channel as well. We'll be going through all that stuff. Now, one of the things that people want to talk about a ton here, and this is more in the whole Eric and Dustin realm here, is how much money is this going to produce? How much money is going to be bet? Of course, we've talked ad nauseum about the ridiculous amounts of money that flows offshore for stuff like this. We do have new regulated markets in play. This will be the first Super Bowl that we do have these new regulated markets in place. So 
I'm going to let you guys kind of jump and toggle back and forth here. But, you know, what, just give us your best thoughts on kind of how this, you know, whenever we look at this a month from now, how this thing might play out. I've actually staked my name to a number and uh, and hopefully we're not wildly wrong, but we we spitballed it and we have projected something around 325 million bet on the Super Bowl around the country in legal markets. And, uh, you know, I could be wildly off in either direction We're we're we're, we're using educated guesses. But we know there was about 160 million uh, in Nevada last year. We obviously don't know what kind of, of uh, action it will get this year, but it should be something around that. And then you take into account the you know legal markets, in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Mississippi, uh, West Virginia, Rhode Island. Like there's betting all, all over the place. We also don't know. This is the first time we had a chance to legally bet on the Super Bowl outside of Nevada. So there could be I mean, I, there's a possibility I'm way low. There's a possibility I'm way high on what, what we're guessing. But I think that's, you know, somewhere around 300 million, a little more than that, I think, is, is a reasonable expectation for what we're going to see across the country. Yeah, I, yeah, I like that. Gonna... I like that number as well. I was just about to hit you, Eric. Where where do you fall on the on the on the spectrum of plus minus 300 million? Yeah, I'm going to say I'm not going to argue with the guy who's done at least a little bit of legwork and projection on this. because I mean, I just done, I just make but... this stuff up like, like all the time. So. <laughs> but yeah, it sounds right to me. Like Dustin said, about $160 million in Nevada last year. It, I mean, if, it seems like an appealing Super Bowl to bet on. We have the Patriots and, you know, there was a lot of action on the Rams this year, uh, out west especially. But they're a, a popular team to get some money down on. So, um, yeah, I'm optimistic about the handle. I have no no problem with that number. Yeah, I mean, I think if we look at this from kind of like a, a if we take a step back here, and if there was you know about 160 million in Nevada last year, you do have the New Jersey market that is a very quick drive from several places in Pennsylvania and New York, so you can get over and do that if you want to. We've already seen the massive numbers that have been coming out of there, and I think that the Super Bowl is one of the things that you would get on a train and just drive across the border to go bet and then and get back on the train and go back home. I think that that's kind of the one event there is that you, re- if you really want action on it, that you'll really go out of your way to, to get done here. I mean, we mentioned, you know, even up in Tunica in Mississippi, it's only a 30-minute drive from Memphis, which is actually a real city. And so I can see people driving down from memphis to go and get some money down on the super bowl at one of the tunica casinos up there and of course we've mentioned just the proximity biloxi has to several different you know alabama cities and louisiana cities and of course just the mississippi cities that are kind of bordering that as well so i actually think that we're going to i think when it's all said and done we're going to have some pretty pretty eye-popping numbers come out of of all of this because I, I think that there will be people since it's the first time that they are able to legally do it. I think that the the novelty of being able to go and bet the Super yep. Bowl is going to be pretty high. There's yeah, that's the part. Sorry, go ahead, Eric. I'm uh, just going to say even in Boston, the market where the Patriots are, there's never been a place to bet up there. It's not exactly the most convenient, but those books in Rhode Island are just a few hours away from from uh, from Massachusetts. So, yeah. And I don't, uh, yeah, we don't, don't discount the the possibility of just in-game too, right? This is New Jersey's sportsbooks have a pretty robust online in-game play and, you know, it exists in Nevada, but 
it's like that's part of it. You're you're going to be able to be, sit on your your app and say you know fire away on odds or or props or whatever else whatever else people are spreading. So we I mean we've seen the last couple months that New Jersey has had about is a little over 300 million in handle. Uh, you know, is a hundred million uh, on the Super Bowl being about a third of all handled in the state in the state for one game. I think that's like, that, that seems totally reasonable. But there could be. I'm with you. Like I think the kind of the sky's the limit. There could be. You know, there's been a lot of interest so far, but it could just be off the charts because it's Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and one thing before we move on, right quick. I mean, one of the things we've seen a, a lot in Nevada is these. You know mystery rich people come out of the woodworks and fly to Nevada for the Super Bowl and then put down these massive bets, right? Well, I don't know if you guys know or not, but there's a lot of rich people in New York. And um, I can, I I, I think I could probably pretty confidently say that we're going to hear, you know, next week about some pretty massive bets getting put down at some of these New Jersey books because there's a lot of super rich people in New York and they're going to just pop over to have some action on that game that they're going to be watching with their other super rich friends as it is. And they're going to be able to brag that they've got 500 K on the game or a million on the game or whatever it might be. So I, I think that this, uh, like you said, sky's the limit. And I think that we're probably going to look at this and say, wow, that is, that's even more than we thought. I'm anxious to see what the New Jersey, what operators, what kind of risk they'll bear. You know, in Nevada, we, we sometimes hear about seven figure bets on the Super Bowl. I'm not sure how much bookmakers in New Jersey are going to be willing to bet here in, in the early days. That'll be interesting to me. Look at this. All kinds of stories to unfold from this. And of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you are probably in the know anyway. But if you are not and you stumbled across us, one, thanks for listening to if you're wondering where you can bet legally, we have several sites that you can visit and we can tell you. You can go to the lines.com. You can go to legalsportsreport.com. You can go to playusa.com. All of these sites, and you can take a look at where, if there's any place close to you that you can actually legally bet. So please do that. And don't listen to all of these knuckle knuckleheads online that are promoting all of these books that, uh, you know, and from faraway places because they are they are not legal. They're not putting tax dollars into your state or your bordering states or not not providing jobs to people here either. So don't do that. Don't be that guy. Right. Is that, is Tell that our, Yeah. Don't be that guy. Tell him. Yeah. So uh, be sure and, and, and take a look at that again. All of our sites will have uh, we'll have a ton of that. Mainstream media is going to be out there, and I'm sure there are going to be podcasts and various videos and things that you listen to with enticing offers for places where you have to send a, a Western Union to a place in Antigua. Um, let's just avoid. Let's just avoid all that. All right, guys. Uh, one of the things that we will be doing a lot of here over the next um, over the next ten days is kind of trying to figure out what all of these all of these sports books are going to be doing to acquire these new customers. I mean, we all expect that there will be a flood of new people coming into the market. And I believe that some of these people will solely come into the market based off of which or, or will solely choose a sports book based off of what they consider and perceive to be the best offer to them. Um, Brett, one of the guys, one of, one of the things that is going on right now over at DraftKings, they are allowing people pretty much, no, it is nationwide because it's a free contest to enter a squares competition, right? Yeah, they announced this on Wednesday. It's uh, their, for, their own version of a, the, you know, the popular Super Bowl squares that you'll typically find in, uh, in your office or Super Bowl parties every year. Like you said, free to play for anyone who has the DraftKings Sportsbook app downloaded. You don't have to be in New Jersey to play. I just picked my square a few hours ago from my office here in Buffalo. Uh, this is one of the first Super Bowl promos we have seen here at the online books in New Jersey. 
And uh, like you said, th- there will be more on the way. And uh, the more we find out, uh, we'll have info about uh, all of it on our network of sites. I, so definitely want to keep an eye out for that. I take issue with it because picking squares and Super Bowl squares is a game of skill. <laughs> I, I, I can look at the numbers and know what's coming. So the fact that it's totally random upsets me a little bit. Listen, Where did you go? Where did your square go? Uh, 70, right? I think. I mean, listen, if you, if you are, if you have been playing these games where you actually get to pick your square with the numbers already written on the board, then this is the worst. Whoever's running this, whoever's running this is the worst person at running this in the history of the world. Like you can't know the numbers before you pick the square. You would obviously just pick all the squares with the best numbers. I would go broke just picking all the best, best, uh, best square numbers. I mean, come on. This is, have you been, have you been hoodwinking your friends? Dustin? Are you the guy that runs this? No, no, it's no, it's all, it's random. I just, I I just, I was just poking fun at the game. Because I, I always like Dustin's been hoodwinking his friends out there. That's for sure. Um, one of the things we also have, we'll uh, we'll have some betting breakdowns of just the you know uh, MVPs. What we think about that? We'll, we'll talk about a ton of prop bets. We'll talk about our general thoughts on the game and everything as well. And Eric, I'm sure we have we'll have all the odds boosts and all the you know crazy special promo stuff as well to come here in in the next couple of days. Yeah, you know, I even speaking of odds boosts, uh, looking through some of those FanDuel props, I've seen some odd, odds boosts on props even. So uh, they're starting to roll out some promos even here. I'm on, stumbling across a couple of them. Even on prop bets, huh? All right. Yeah. This is what I like. See, this is – I'm telling you, I think next year might make a – might make a trip back out to – might make a trip back out to Jersey. Maybe we should have a – maybe we should have a Katina Super Bowl thing in Jersey next year. Or uh, Pennsylvania. Well, Maybe Pennsylvania we'll send by the then, jet right? and pick everybody else. Yeah, pick yeah, everybody yeah. up. Maybe Pennsylvania Excellent. by then. That'll be that'll be a good idea. We could just uh, we could all meet in Philly and we'll just pop across the border back and forth and we'll just bet on all the apps. Like we'll just guys. Have if 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 we got mobile sports betting in New York this time next year, you guys are all cordially invited to my to my <laughs> apartment to watch the game. I like it, man. I like it a lot. Uh, <laughs> as always, guys, we are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We are on Spotify. Please go in, rate, review. Let us know what we're doing good. Uh, tell us about how you really enjoyed this episode without Adam because, um, you know, he was not a part of this one. And uh, maybe you enjoyed this one just much, much better. And we'll just kick him out of the rotation more often. I mean, maybe this was the best. Was this guys? Was this the best episode we've done in a couple of months? Maybe so. Eas- easily. I think I, so. you know, I, I also like I love giving Eric crap when he's not here. But <laughs> that's true. That's true. We like, we'll, have to, we'll have to keep rotating those Wait. two guys so we can talk trash about the other one when the other one's you guys up. you guys talk trash about me when I'm not here. You're not listening to the podcast, you know, for shame. He 100% listens. He's our first <laughs> listener every time we post him. Your biggest fan, guys. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and without further ado, let's get over to that interview we were talking about with Jay Rude, Vice President of Racing Sports over at MGM. Talk a little bit about where they're sitting for the Super Bowl and talk about just about, you know, their business over there in New Jersey and down in Mississippi. Joined now by the Vice President of Race and Sports for MGM International, Jay Rude. Jay, thanks for joining us here on a Thursday afternoon in what I can only imagine is the calm before the storm for you. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it, it, it's actually perfect timing because we just finished our, our Super Bowl packet and uh, we're going to get ready to send it out to print. So um, we're done with uh, the heavy lifting. Now it's just a matter of... Uh, booking the props and, and the game and, and getting the kickoff. When you say the Super Bowl packet, you are talking about your astronomical amount of prop bets that people can get at any of the MGM properties up and down the strip. What what was the final total? What did y'all end on? 
Um, I, I don't know for sure. I know we added uh, a few other props to accommodate some of the regions that we're in now, you know, uh, some devil's props some penguins prop or some, uh, um, uh, uh, pelican props, uh, you know, different stuff from the different regions that we're in. I think we're, uh, probably North of, uh, like 300 and 350 or something like that. It's it, a different, uh, selection that you can bet on. And when we talk about prop bets, I, going out on a limb here, I, I don't know if you really can, can speculate on, you know, how popular they're going to be in the other regions here. I mean, how, how much of the, how much of the handle in Nevada typically is prop bets compared to just the, the typical bets that we see? Yeah. For uh, MGM resorts, um, you know, obviously we take some pretty large bets on, on the game itself. So it gets diluted pretty, pretty well. Um, you know, leading up to last year, uh, we were pacing probably like gaining like three to 5% every year. And we were in the neighborhood of, of 45% props to 55%, uh, you know, the big three uh, point spread money line and total on the game and first half and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, we had a couple of really big bets that diluted it last year. I think we could get close to 50, 50 this year, which, which will be pretty significant because, uh, we do uh, quite a bit of uh, straight bet money to the game. So, you know, you you guys obviously made a, a lot of noise last year taking some of those massive bets that you took. With the New Jersey market opening up, I mean, I, I, I don't know if you know or not, Jay, but there's some pretty rich people that live in New York. I don't know uh, if, if, you, if you've heard, but there's uh, it's pretty expensive to live over there in New York City. So do you imagine some of those rich folk are going to kind of mosey across the, the border there and maybe lay down? Are, are you guys expecting some massive bets to come uh, to your Atlantic City property? Um, yeah, you know, we've had uh, a handful of guys that have been playing all season with us uh, pretty strong. They've, uh, you know, bet anywhere between, you know, uh, low six figures to mid six figures uh, uh, here and there. So I'm expecting uh, at least a few uh, possibly seven figure bets coming in over there. I know we've got one loaded up in the chamber here um, for Nevada. Um, It's going to probably come in next week at some point. Um, But yeah, I, you know, and and if, if the saints would have gotten in there, uh, the Mississippi region, might not have produced, you know, any really astronomical wagers, but the the business levels would have just been ridiculous. But yeah, I, you know, I'm hoping a few of those uh, high net worth individuals uh, want to uh, add a little spice to watching <laughs> the game and come down and uh, lay a big bet or, or a couple of uh, nice prop bets down. I'm glad you mentioned the the regions here. I do want to touch on that real quick. Of course, you guys are one of the few entities out there that are operating, you know, in kind of the, the big three as of right now. Of course, Pennsylvania did just open up, but uh, only in a few places. Over there in New Jersey, let's just start there. How... What was your expectations as far as the popularity and the handle, and then how has it played out over the course of the football season for, for you? Um, yeah, you know, our, our expectation was uh, that we thought it was going to be really strong. Obviously, we were one of the first operators to open in June. Um, we had a little grace period there where, um, you know, we were basically the uh, only game in town uh, in Atlantic City, and uh, uh once more operators moved in, our handle did, uh, you know, move down a little bit. Uh, people weren't uh, having to come over from the boardwalk to get a sports bet in at the, at the Borgata. Um, but we, I believe we are probably uh, known kind of like what we're known for here in Vegas too, for, 
for taking the larger bets. Um, you know, if we're putting it up on the board, you know, I'm kind of, I'm willing to take the six figure bet to it. So um, I think that's where we sort of control the market in, in Atlantic city is the high end play. And um, you know, what better event than to, uh, you know, produce some of that to, than in the Super Bowl. But, um, you know, I think uh, we've also had a few challenges. Uh, you know, we're still operating out of a, a temporary location. So I'm hoping the next year, once we uh, have a better uh, 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 location at the Borgata, that's completely dedicated to, uh, uh, you know, sports betting, um, things will really start to pick up and, uh, you know, we'll, 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 it'll be really, really strong, but, you know, very pleasantly um, surprised at the, the results. And you and I have talked before about down south, down there in Mississippi. Uh, I think that I don't think I, it's a stretch for me to say that the numbers that came out of Mississippi were were even stronger than you could have ever have expected, right? Oh yeah, I mean Mississippi was really surprising. Um, I knew we were going to uh, do really well to SEC football down there, but overall, I mean everything in general so far has been uh, accepted. Um, there's a strong appetite to. Uh, uh, to engage in sports gambling there. We have two properties, Gold Strike up in Tunica and the Beau Rivage uh, in Biloxi. And, you know, the the, the books that we built in, in a very quick fashion, you know, are, are, are really nice books compared to some of the our competitors up there. Um, and, you know, we're not done yet. We're going to be uh, updating those, those two properties to a more permanent facility. So, uh, yeah, it's been really surprising. I mean, there's been, uh, you know, uh, several weekends this football season that uh, Mississippi actually uh, outwrote uh, New Jersey, which if you think about, you know, like you said, population proximity and, and probably the, uh, the uh, disposable income that the average uh, visitor has is significantly different in New Jersey than it is in Mississippi. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about what you do between now and next Sunday. Is right now, is, is basically between now and then, are you just basically trying to manage risk is that what is that what you do between now and sunday are you trying to i know the the kind of the thought that a lot of people have is that you guys want to take as much you want to take you know bets right down the middle and you just and you just you 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 win on the vig but uh are you guys willing to kind of take a position on the super bowl well yeah i mean so we come into this the super bowl with a with sort of a position already instilled with uh where we stand on future wagers. So, um, you know, as, as the action comes in and we sort of, uh, um, are, are, are seeing where it organically naturally is going to fall and, and what it looks like the public is, uh, gonna, gonna, gonna pin themselves on. And, you know, early on right now, we we're, we're taking obviously, um, quite a bit of Patriot money. Uh, we opened one, we're up to two and a half. I think we're going to see nothing but Patriot money for the most part until, uh, you know, mid next week or, you know, Thursday, Friday, when I think the Ram money will start to show up, everybody keeps asking, you know, w- will you go to three? That's going to be the big question. You know, if the, if the Patriot money still continues to come in at a, at a high rate and, and, and velocity, we're going to, um, but because going to three, there is no going back off at three, three, you're going to have to manage everything from three. And so if we, uh, accrue a significant, uh, liability at two and a half, um, you know, going to three and allowing the, the the RAM money that I believe will show up next weekend to take plus three puts us in a you know a strong side possibility getting sided uh, you know by paying the two and a half and then uh, pushing on the three and I really don't want to put the Super Bowl on a on a whole number so that it can push 
Um, you know, we always try and keep uh, the Super Bowl on, on a hook so that uh, there's a decision one way or the other. Obviously, if 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 the the action dictates that we go to three, then we'll go to three. But uh, like I said, that's a pretty significant decision to to jump to three. I'd like to keep it at two and a half without having to mess around with the big too much. But yeah, this is this next nine to ten days is full. Um, you know, negotiations with uh, individuals that are looking to, to bet, you know, how, when, all that jazz, and then managing our risk appropriately. And then, you know, if it gets uh, away from us on the game, we're able to do a few things. You know, we can we can manage a little bit with props. We can manage a little bit with the first half. Um, you know, and we're, we're in a good spot, too, where, you know, minus two and a half, we can, we can uh, fade some of the risk on the point spread as well with, uh, with, with some money line adjustment as, as we go along, too. So there's going to be a lot of people coming into town, Jay. You've got sports books up and down the strip. I'm going to put you your feet to the fire here. Which one's your favorite? Which one is your favorite? Which one should people come in and place their bet at? Um, if I was a visitor and I was going to come in and hang out, um, I probably, being the, the, the age demographic that I'm in, and if I could pull some strings, I, I would probably sit uh, – probably at the MGM grand and try and get in one of those little sky suites to, uh, you know, watch the game and hang out. I think that's going to be a, a high traffic area, great place to, to watch, uh, the crowds. I think you're going to be able to, you know, if you get signed up on the uh, play MGM app, you don't have to worry about, uh, standing in line to, to get your bet in, you know, for halftime or even, you know, before the game kicks, it's a great thing. Cause you don't have to shuffle through tickets. It's all right there on your phone. Um, so I think I would camp out there because they got a great uh, uh, spot to eat at the tap right next door to it. So they pretty much have everything you want right there. Jay, thanks for the time today, man, and good luck for the next 10 days. I know your life is going to be hell, but as soon as the Super Bowl is over, at least you have a few weeks between now and between then and March Madness, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you get catch a little bit of a, a breather and uh, before the, the next tidal wave comes. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, appreciate it. Talk to you then. As always, as, as well, head to LegalSportsReport.com, PlayUSA.com, TheLines.com, PlayPix.com. Head to our YouTube channel. All of those things where we will keep you up to date on everything between now and this wonderful big game uh, next Sunday, guys. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next week.